All right, guys, so we're going to go ahead and get started. I am Dr. V, and this is Anne, and together we are co-hosting Tribe Talk Live, so we're super excited to have you here with us today. And today we have a very special guest. Anne, do you want to introduce him? Absolutely. I'm really excited that you're here. Dr. Roger Murphy is a board-certified chiropractic physician and board-certified nutritional specialist. Now, he is an internationally recognized fibromyalgia expert. His Murphy method, a combination of functional and orthomolecular medicine, has helped thousands of patients get healthy and feel good again. He's the author of three books for patients and doctors, including Treating and Beating Fibromyalgia and Chronic Fatigue Syndrome, Treating and Beating Anxiety and Depression with Orthomolecular Medicine, and Heart Disease, What Your Doctor Won't Tell You. Now, Dr. Murphy's a frequent guest on local and national radio and television programs, including NBC, Fox, and ABC. He writes for several professional and public health-related publications. So. A wealth of expert to uh, um, a wealth of expertise to share with us today, Dr. Roger. Thank you so much for being here today. Oh, I'm so delighted to be here. I think it's gonna this is this should be very enjoyable for me. And our topic yeah. today, we're talking about something that a lot of people are going through right now, which is sleep problems, stress, and how all of that combined really affects the immune system. Well, I tell you, Anne, I mean, look, I mean, I'm, I don't know about you guys, but I'm stressed out just from everybody else's stress. I don't say how hey, you can't let this situation affect you in some negative way. I've got my kids spread out all over the house doing homeschool. I mean, it's, it's just massive craziness, right? But, but really, it, you know, when you're faced with this situation, the worst thing you could do is go down the rabbit hole of fear and stress because that's going to compromise your immune system, which is the worst thing you could do right now. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we've been um, talking about all of the different aspects around this for several weeks now. Um, and, you know, some of the things that we haven't covered are uh, some of the uh, cocktails, or as we like to call them, stacks, this, you know, some of the little tricks and tips that we can use for short term. And we're definitely going to get into that today. For all of you listening, um, Dr. Roger and I have known each other for a couple of years now. Um, and uh, he, he and I love working with uh, a, a variety of different supplements uh, to help with short-term symptoms. Um, now, while we are really good at understanding what we can use and like what different combos that we can use of supplements to help with symptoms, you know, don't forget that we always want to find what the underlying cause is. But when you have these recent stressors, and we know that it's a situational type of thing, and, and, and that it's not a chronic issue, you know, that's where knowing some of the stuff and getting into the conversation with Dr. Roger today is going to be really, really helpful. Yeah, I think, you know, so just right off the bat, just to share a little bit about me so that any individuals that don't know about fibromyalgia, because many people are, have, maybe have heard the term, don't really know what that is. Just so you know where I'm coming from, this audience knows where, where I'm coming from. Fibromyalgia is a name given to a group of symptoms that people have in common, diffuse, achy, sometimes disabling pain, poor sleep, low moods, depression, anxiety, restless leg syndrome, irritable bowel. But these symptoms 
are nothing more than warning signs. And as, as Dr. V just talked about, really what our, our goal always is with our patients is to find and fix the underlying causes of these symptoms. So today, you know, one of the things that I wanted to really kind of talk about is I, I really believe that most of us are, it's, you know, especially in the community that I work with, we're very vulnerable to stress because um, I like to use the analogy that we're all born with a stress coping savings account. And in that stress coping savings account, we have certain chemicals that allow us to deal with stress. And every day, especially now, we're under tremendous amount of stress. And, and, uh, but we have these chemicals, hormones and vitamins and minerals that allow us to be able to deal with these stressors. And for most of us, we get a good night's sleep and we're fine. Uh, but when, when we find ourselves in a situation like now, to where we're under tremendous amount of stress, which we know stress is the catalyst for disease. You can call it heart disease or cancer or fibromyalgia. It really doesn't know, you know, matter what it is. But stress really is the, you know, the catalyst for disease. But right now, if you're not careful, you can deplete your stress coping savings account more than you're making deposits. Now, in fibromyalgia, typically what happens is they've bankrupted their account. And uh, so one of the things I think is really important right now is to make sure that you're taking care of yourself and you're getting enough rest, you're getting enough sleep. Because if you're, if you're burning the candle at both ends or you're struggling with sleep, struggling with a lot of stress, before you know it, you've depleted these stress coping chemicals and hormones and now you're vulnerable. You're vulnerable to all sorts of different illnesses, whether it's COVID-19 or uh, you know, anxiety and depression, mood disorders, or whatever it is, it creeps in to, to the equation. You know, Dr. Roger, I'll admit in my, in my younger years, in my 20s, I, I was one of those people who was really doubtful about stress being a contributing factor in, in chronic illness and disease. And, you know, I learned myself that years and years of constant stress and not managing that stress properly really can lead to decline, you know, in many ways. What are some of the common I'll call them diagnoses or common symptoms that you will see someone pop up with when they've gone, you know, a decade or so without managing their stress. Well, and I think so the, the first thing is just struggling with your sleep. So I think that's really the slippery slope. So with fibromyalgia in particular, uh, they made their first signs of symptoms and it may take, it may take, you know, half a dozen years and, you know, numerous doctors visits before they ever get to diagnosis. But in that period of time, they may start off with some diffuse achy muscle pain, maybe some fatigue. But what really puts them over the edge, and I think most everybody who suffers with chronic illness, whether it's fibromyalgia, type 2 diabetes, heart disease, obesity, whatever it is, I think it's, it's the poor sleep, the consistent, uh, uh, you know, sabotaging your sleep on a consistent basis where you're going week after week, month after month, in some cases year after year, where you're just not getting enough sleep. And when that happens, you're gonna find, obviously you're gonna be tireder than, than you should be, uh, but you're also gonna be more likely to have diffuse achy pain because when you're not getting deep restorative sleep on a consistent basis, your inflammatory chemicals go up. So you're more likely to have pain. Your pain threshold goes down. So when your pain threshold goes down, pain is magnified. You're more likely to have restless leg syndrome more likely to compromise your thyroid, putting stress on your thyroid, more likely to have uh, mood disorders or brain fog, you know, 
So I think focusing on, for those individuals that are suffering, and maybe we'll get some feedback here, but for those individuals that are suffering or really struggling to be able to get a good night's sleep on a consistent basis, I think that's where you start your journey for getting healthy, no matter what the condition is, whether we're talking about avoiding uh, a virus or we're talking about you know, getting healthier in general. Dr. V, you're on mute. There you oh, go. There we go. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah. And, and you know what? All of those points are are so very valid. And um, I think I feel that there's more awareness around the importance of sleep now than ever. But there's still so much missing information for the general public out there. And so you know, you spending some time to explain that, I, I just think is just super super valuable. You know. Uh, for all of you listening, you know, we do talk with our clients a lot about sleep. Sleep is one of the things that we really have to work on. And sometimes it can be something simple, um, you know, as what, as what the underlying cause is. Um, and sometimes it can be a little bit more complicated, but the sleep is where your body totally regenerates itself, just like Dr. Roger said. And, and, and also, you know, our body actually uh, does a lot of detox work as well while you're sleeping. And so, you know, super, super important to work on that. Yeah, absolutely. So when you're getting deep restorative sleep, what's happening, the body's repairing itself. That's really the opportunity that the body has to do that. Otherwise it's, it's, it's in function mode all the time. So that deep restorative sleep, the body's healing itself. It's purging toxins out of your system. It's making human growth hormone, which can repair damaged tissue. It's making um, stress coping hormones like DHEA and, and, and building up cortisol, giving you a chance to build that up throughout the night to where it's at its highest in the morning. And uh, I, I think that, again, if you're sleep, if you're struggling with your sleep, that's uh, you know, where you want to focus. So for my patients with fibromyalgia, unless I can get them going into deep restorative sleep on a consistent basis, then I'm going to have a lot of trouble with all the other symptoms that show up. And, um, and then the other part of that is I think that's, in, you know, a lot of individuals have this underlying stress anyway, you know, you're a nervous Nelly and uh, maybe you have some anxiety issues, maybe you have some panic issues, but for those that maybe aren't even at that end of the scale, but you just feel just stressed out all the time. I think what you need to realize is that you're depleting certain chemicals that your body needs to be at optimal levels to allow you to function in a way that you can resist you know diseases of, of, of all kinds so i think the other thing we probably need to talk about is those individuals that are struggling with anxiety there's some natural things that you should be doing that can help reduce that anxiety like l-theanine and gamma immunobutric acid and 5-htp some of these over-the-counter supplements that are widely available that can make a huge difference in toning all that stress and anxiety down. Dr. Roger, you mentioned something, I'm sorry, Dr. B, you mentioned something that I wanted to get back to really quick. You, you said something very interesting that I think a lot of people do, and you said a lot of times we sabotage our sleep. So explain a little bit how, how, what you mean by that, by sabotaging our sleep and how we start to recognize those things in ourselves. So I think what happens is, is people don't put enough uh, importance on sleep. I think we were guilty. I mean, I'm guilty too sometimes of trying to do too much too late. And before you know it, it's midnight, 1 a.m. And you, 
you know, you got to get up, you got things you got to do the next day. And um, I think that for the majority of, you know, the go-getters, you know, in particular the type A's, that's the problem is that you just don't allow yourself to wind down. So we're doing things that self-sabotage ourselves by working in bed or looking at our iPhone during, you know, sitting there in the middle of the night and we're checking it during the middle of the night, or we're just on our tablet in bed or we're watching TV in bed, or maybe we have a workstation in our, in our bedroom and uh, we're working in there and then trying to somehow turn that off and go to bed at night. And I think that, um, so many people don't really know what good sleep hygiene is and they just accepted the fact that they're poor sleepers. And, and when you, you know, you get into that mindset, that is self-sabotaging because you, you've already decided that you really don't need a lot of sleep when really everything you should be noticing about yourself, whether that's weight gain or high blood pressure or anxiety or depression or chronic, just achy kind of pain, all those are being driven by poor sleep. You know, and one of the things that I was thinking of too <clears throat> is, um, you know, you mentioned, you know, people like watching television or, or they're on their tablets and they're on their phones. Not only are there issues with blue light that is shutting down melatonin production that is supposed to be really ramping <clears throat> up so that you can go to sleep and have that restorative sleep, um, but what are you watching right before you go to bed? <laughs> what are you watching? Are you watching, you know, uh, that tiger show, which is just ridiculous. <laughs> There's nothing positive in there for you. I mean, it's not scary, but it's just, just like full of just silliness. You know, what about, um, what about Ozarks? You know, Greg and I were looking for something just to kind of tune out and watch. Well, we watched that and on our second night of watching it, we noticed we weren't sleeping well. Well, my gosh, of course, right? Because what are you looking at right before you go to bed? What are you sticking into your brain? You're sticking all this stuff of, you know, scarcity and fear and all this uncertainty from the show. Plus, you know, you're combining whatever you saw on social media and on your local news, mainstream media. And so you're filling your brain with all of this, you know, added fear and added stress your body is not going to be able to sleep well. You're not going to have restorative sleep. And, and we have to remember that, you know, what you think and what you allow your ears to hear and your eyes to see are going to have a direct correlation on your biology and on your genetic expression too. So we have to be really, really careful. You know, now we're doing things like, you know, we realized very quickly because we understand this whole concept, right? But we just thought, you know, oh, let's watch something that's like action filled. We were like, oh, that was like the wrong thing mm -hmm. to watch. And so now we're watching just, you know, silly fun stuff. If we want to watch something on television, mm -hmm. something that's very, very lighthearted and just silly and that there's nothing scary about it at all. What are you seeing on your end with people not being able to detach from social media and mainstream media because i know that we're seeing that this is a huge huge problem right now uh, well it's in interesting you bring that up because i'm with you i'm looking for something to watch you know you got how many thousands of channels and so everyone's on netflix but yeah those arcs i mean you know the first show in i'm thinking oh this is way too dark i mean i just i don't want to feel that way uh, then better call Saul. I mean, the first two or three seasons were good, and then it got darker and darker and darker. So, totally get what you're saying. But you know, I think right now what I see 
for my patients is that they're just wallowing in like a pig in mud, social media and the news all day long. Many of my patients are on disability with fibromyalgia, and so they're, they don't work. Of course, everyone's at home now anyway, I guess. Uh, but they're just saturating themselves with this negativity. I think you need to be aware. I mean, I, you, you know, you definitely need to be aware of what's going on. But, there, you know, if you, if you kind of tune in in the morning and you tune in, in the afternoon, you get it all. There's no need to be on your phone looking at the news all day long and seeing the death counts and the spread and everything that's going on. It's not going to change anything. It's just going to make you more stressed out. So I, you know, I'm encouraging my patients to just to to turn that off, give yourself a break, and look for opportunities to feed your body, your mind, with positive things like Zig Ziglar and Wayne Dyer and some of these positive Joel Olstein, whom you know, whatever you like, Joyce Myers, whomever. Um, you know, take an hour of powers, what I call it, and feed your brain feed your soul with positive material to, to arm yourselves just like you do with taking supplements to arm your immune system arm your body to be able to repel viruses or, or you know medical conditions arm your brain so that you can stay positive through all this madness and you know we got some suggestions coming in here on the on the chat box the hallmark channel ashley recommends disney yeah. channel house hunters cooking shows all those types of things are yeah. way more positive shows you can you can watch during the evening and you know i saw a report the other day that talked about how during this you know lockdown and the coronavirus situation how more and more people are reporting that their dreams are much more vivid or they're having you know end of the world type dreams and so I found that very fascinating and that that directly shows the connection between what we feed ourselves with all day long, you know, as far as visual images plays such a huge role in the quality of sleep we get, the types of dreams we have. And, and that's so connected to our overall well-being that you can't deny that stress and sleep connection. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and again, you know, go, going back to the whole stress, the concept of that, when you get under stress, real or imagined, you know, whether it's real or not, uh, a TV show can be just as stressful as a real life event. And, but when you're under that stress, your body can't tell the difference. And it's releasing certain chemicals that you need to be able to deal with that stress. And for most of us, that's no problem. But for some individuals who have long-term health issues or have struggled with sleep or get really run down with a thing called on adrenal fatigue, what they see now is stress becomes more magnified. So little things that normally wouldn't bother them, right now maybe, um, bright lights, loud noises, things that they would never think anything about, start to become more pronounced, more of a stress to them. And a big reason is they're depleting things like serotonin, the happy hormone. Serotonin is the feel-good uh, hormone. And when, you, when your serotonin level goes down, what you see is that your pain threshold goes down, so you have more pain. Start having this achy pain, not sleeping as, as well because of that. Um, start to see that your mental clarity is not as good as it was. That's low serotonin. But the big thing is just your moods start to, you know, really go down. And then if you just feed, you know, if you feed yourself with all the stress, you can continue to see this downward spiral. I know, Dr. V, with your um, mood disorder patients, I know we've talked about this you get in this cycle and you just can't get out. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's, you know, that's my fear for my patients is 
for the ones that I work with one-on-one is uh, we've spent a lot of time reestablishing that deep restorative sleep, getting them on the right supplements to make serotonin, getting getting making sure they they fix their underlying issues with thyroid and adrenals. And but <clears throat> if they're not careful, they can self sabotage all that. They can they can let themselves get in this this cycle. And uh, before you know it, now their sleep is thrown off, and now they start having all this anxiety and all these all these uh, uh, health conditions start to show back up. Yeah, that's so true. You know, you can't out out supplement a bad diet, but you can't out supplement a bad lifestyle, you know, bad lifestyle choices either. So, you know, we've we've just spent now a good uh, probably 10 minutes talking about this, guys. And and the reason why is because this is so important. You can so easily fall into the rabbit hole. And if you are watching this and you've already fallen into the rabbit hole, just sit back for a minute. It's really hard to think logically once you get into that space. And that's where a lot of the world is at right now, which is unfortunate. Um, sit back and think about what are you doing every day that took you down that rabbit hole? All right. Mm-hmm. And, and if you are, and if you can admit to yourself, you know, if it's true, of course, that, well, I've been overdosing on social media, you know, um, I've been, I've been, you know, jumping into fights with people on social media and I've been reading all the arguments on social media between people and I've been watching all the mainstream media, just detox from it, detox from it. I challenge you to do a detox through Monday, right? So I'm going to challenge you guys actually through, through Tuesday until I see you guys again next Mm -hmm. week. Why don't we do the challenge? I can, I can promise you nothing's going to happen that you have to know about between now and when we see each other again on Tuesday, detox from it. Instead, let's read some books, right? Nothing scary. Read some like self-help books right now, okay? Um, on mindset and stuff, right? We've got a lot of different books. There's so many good ones out there. Um, you know, do some um, vision boarding. You know, write in your gratitude journal. And remember, you know, you can write what it is that you desire, never what you want. Because if you say, I want this, then you're implying to the universe, you're telling the universe that you don't have that you're without. So you talk, you speak as if I am things that you learn in the Bible, little tricks that maybe you didn't learn from your pastor, but you know, you speak in the I am mode and that, you know, I am grateful for, and I am excited about all of these things that you have in your life and you will start to manifest that. And you just detox from, you know, from here through Tuesday and let's see how you guys feel. We can do a checkup. We're going to ask everyone on Tuesday and see see who took part in that and how that went for you. Dr. Roger, let me ask you a question because there's a couple coming in here in the chat box. And Helica is asking, what would you suggest to do in the morning if that's the most difficult time, you know, waking up, even if you slept eight to nine hours? Mm -hmm. Well, so I think you look back. So at your sleep and you see, um, you're doing you're doing everything you can to make sure that you do get the best sleep. But if you feel like you are, you know, you fall asleep within 30 minutes of hitting the pillow and you sleep through the night, or because most people do get up in the middle of the night, whether that's use the bathroom or whatever that is, as long as you can go back to sleep, then you're in good shape. Uh, so the first thing in the morning, you know, you want to if your if your energy is really zapped, then my suspicion would be you probably have a thing called adrenal fatigue. So your adrenal glands are your stress coping glands, and they allow you to be able to have stamina and resiliency to stress. 
first thing in the morning, your cortisol, one of the hormones in the adrenal glands, should be at its highest. And so first thing in the morning, when you get out of bed and the light, you know, light um, uh, reaches you then <clears throat> and you're up, you should see that your cortisol level should be at its highest and you should feel rested. If you don't, then that's my suspicion. Now, what would be some signs of adrenal fatigue? Um, low blood sugar. So if you miss a meal, you feel bad. Low blood pressure, although you could have, have high blood pressure too. Tingling in your hands and feet, cold hands and feet. Um, your get up and go is got up and went, just don't have much energy whatsoever. Or you find that you, um, you really can't handle stress. Stress just really causes you a lot of problems when you get under it. <clears throat> so those are the signs of adrenal fatigue. And a lot of times people will, um, when they wake up in the morning, they will do everything they can not to eat. And they do that as a way to keep their cortisol level up. Because when you're fasting, your cortisol level does go up. And if you're one of these individuals who wakes up in the morning and you have no appetite, or you actually feel a little nauseated when you wake up, you can even think about eating anything, you know, it could be a sign you have adrenal fatigue. Uh, so, and, and one of the ways to self-test for that, if I can just, just go ahead and just share that so she would be able to do this, is... Um, there's a couple easy ways to self-test for adrenal fatigue. One way would be to go in a bathroom, a dark room, and uh, looking, in the, looking in the mirror, cover one eye and take a pin light and shine that in your eye. Now, what you should see is the pupil should constrict, so it should get smaller. If you find that your pupil dilates within 30 seconds in that dark room looking in the mirror, that's a sign of adrenal fatigue. Another way to test that is you can do an orthostatic blood pressure test where you're lying down, just take a um, um, autom automated blood pressure cuff, take your blood pressure, then stand up, make sure your arm is perpendicular to your heart and um, out front, and take your blood pressure again within 30 seconds. Now what you should see is that top number should go up at least 10 points, ideally somewhere, you know, 10 points. If it drops, that's a sign of adrenal fatigue. So those are two ways <clears throat> that you can self-test to see, do you have adrenal fatigue? And then if you do, you can start working to fix that, 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 um, that issue. And, and you should see that your early morning should, should improve substantially. And we've got someone here. Um, but yeah, that's really good. You know, there are a lot of things that, uh, that you can do at home and, you know, through these, uh, you know, series, through these podcasts that we're doing, you know, I'm hoping that you guys are taking a lot of these pearls so that you can actually, you know, have these tools that you can use in, in your own box. Because, you know, this is probably the first time that this has happened to all of us, right, where you literally have to save yourself right now, right? Um, like, you need to be your own um, advocate. You need to take responsibility for your own health right now. You know, people can't even get in to see their, their doctors. Um, but people like all of us here who are hosting this with you, uh, you know, for you guys today, we're, we have been teaching and we advocate that you guys learn, you know, don't put it in the hands of somebody else. It's not someone else's responsibility. It's your responsibility. And so, you know, take these, take these little pearls that you learn each week and write them down in a notebook, write this stuff down so that you can learn 
how to be your own doctor, right? And and, and I'm not saying that you don't sometimes need to go out and see the professionals because, you know, like that's what we all do. We're all here to help teach and help guide. But there are a lot of things that you can do for smaller issues, you know, like what Dr. Murphy is, is teaching, uh, you know, things that you can do. And if you just have a little bit of background and you understand some of this stuff, then you can take more responsibility. Um, someone's asking, and I think I know who this is, uh, Michael is asking, um, there are times, well, he's kind of making a statement. He says, there are times when we face things in life day to day and week after week that you just um, can't avoid. And that's taxing day in and day out. And, um, and we can work on the recommendations, but what else can we do when it's situations that you can't resolve necessarily in a couple of days? That's a really good one. And, you know, all mm -hmm. four of us here on the panel may have something to say about that, but, you know, I would say that, you know, take a step back from your situation, right? Just take a step back from it and um, go into meditation or go into some prayer and ask, you know, what it is that you really need to do. This is a time where, you know, uh, going back to your faith and really getting into alignment with what your spirit um, you know, getting your conscious and your subconscious into alignment and go, going into prayer and meditation. I think that that's really, really good. You know, th these, what we're seeing as, you know, what, what some of us are seeing as really, really hard times. Others of us, like myself, when I saw it coming, I was like, whoa. And I had a couple of days and I just had to like do exactly what I'm telling you. You know, there can be a lot of of opportunities for, for necessary change during this time, necessary change, you know, and you know, what if all these years, for example, maybe all of these years you've been in one career, but it's just been a means to an end for you. And it, and it's not really lining up with what your subconscious and what, or what God really wants you to do to fulfill your destiny here on earth, right? Maybe this is a chance for you to have a big reset so it just depends on your perspective and you can't focus on your perspective and, and changing your perspective if you're busy watching all the garbage that's on TV every day, right? And so, and so it just depends on, you know, it, a lot of it depends on you. And, and I feel like, you know, my recommendation is going to be sit back, go into meditation and prayer and, and, and let's like reevaluate, go into the dark spaces that you always try to avoid, you know, and start opening doors in there and take a look at all the stuff that's in there and see what it is that you need to deal with because God or the universe, whatever you want to call it has opportunities for everybody and is going to make sure that we're all okay. You know, and as far as the whole virus thing is concerned, you know, we're not going to get into a lot, you know, talking a lot about that. We're trying to stay a little bit more neutral until we have some real experts in virology and scientists come on, which we're actually working on that right now. We're actually working on trying to get Dr. Judy Mikovits on for an interview. I don't know if you guys have heard about her, but raise your hand if you have. This woman is amazing. She's a researcher. Um, she's a whistleblower, and she has two books out, and uh, I really feel like everyone needs to hear what she has to say. But I will say this. Newest information on the virus is showing one-tenth of one percent to uh, two-tenths, I believe, of one percent. Um, actually causing a problem with this virus. And so that's like less than flu numbers, right? I mean, the original numbers that everybody was so fearful about 
what we're actually seeing in reality is very different. And this virus really is not much different than most viruses out there. Um, and, and some of you may not want to believe that, and that's okay. I'm not going to try to force you to drink the water. I'm just telling you what the facts are because I don't want you to be so afraid. What we need to do is get outside because the worst thing you can do is stay quarantined inside your house. Get yourself outside, walk around, get sunshine, eat clean, focus on your, on your you know, self-care, um, and you're going to be just fine. Right. And if you guys start to feel like you're not feeling well, reach out to us because we'll show you what you need to do. You know, I'm, really, I'm glad that Michael, I just want to add something. I'm glad that Michael brought that up because that's how a lot of people are feeling right now is that they can't control the situation and they're feeling stuck in this place of worry and stress. And, you know, one thing that I learned personally that helped me a long time ago was, and I think it's a quote or I don't, I don't know who said this, but you know, while you can't control all of these things that are happening around you, you can control your reaction to them. And so when you really sit and think about that, I am in control of my reaction. You know, I don't have to let something make me extremely angry and raise my blood pressure and get me all mad and worked up. And I don't have to let something keep me awake at night and worry me. Like I am in total control of how I react to things. And I think once we understand and learn how to control our reactions, we no longer feel so trapped in situations like this because we know we have our choices on how we're going to respond and how we're going to react. Yeah, and adding to that, I know for me, if there's something I can't immediately change, a circumstance I can't immediately change, you can 100% change your reaction, but I find a way to get my mind off of it. And for me, that's always been exercise. And so you can control the things that you can do. So find something, whether it's meditation, yoga, running, mm -hmm walking the dog, laying outside, something that gets your mind off of it, brings your stress down, that will help you so, so much. Dr. Murphy, what do you have to add in there? Well, you know, my, my patients kind of, my, uh, my patients, you know, they really feel pretty vulnerable because they really are pretty um, brittle. And some of them with type two diabetes, some of them with obesity, uh, pulmonary problems, but just the fibromyalgia in, in and of itself makes them feel kind of vulnerable. But what I've said from the very beginning is that number one, the likelihood of you getting the virus are so slim. You know, if you're practicing uh, smart stay at home, or if you go out, you know, practicing preventative hygiene, the likelihood that you're going to get the virus are pretty slim. And then for those unlucky people who do, then the odds are you're going to be another one of the 80% that you might have a cold symptoms or the flu symptoms, and you're done with it. So getting all worked up with something that may or may not happen is the worst thing you can do. And I think what you said earlier, I think really, you know, what I've been sharing with, with my patients and then my audience, uh, global audiences, this is a time right now that is a gift. I mean, for everyone's at home, you're with your family. It's a time to look at, you know, what's really important in your life is, you know, is your life working? And if it's not, what are the steps you need to take to make it work? And look at self-reflection, you know, take that time, take the hour of power, meditate, prayer, exercise, read spiritual uplifting material to feed your body. Uh, I, I think that 
we're going to come out of this, a lot of people are going to come out of this in a much better shape with a, uh, an outlook that they probably never thought they would have. They, what really is important, you know, is that material things, is it family? You know, I think we're going to see that the people that spent the time wisely in quarantine, hopefully it'll be over soon, uh, but those are the people that are going to come out of it and think that, you know what, this maybe was a little bit of a blessing. Absolutely. I want to circle back around a minute because we were talking about cortisol levels and we have another question that came in from Gina um, and she's asking if sleep apnea, even if using a CPAP, if that would affect your cortisol levels in any way. Um, it could absolutely. And so then, you know, you want to know about sleep apnea and it typically or with my patients and all I can do is speak in my crowd, but for the majority of them, they have a weight issue. And that's not always true with sleep apnea. So I don't want to step on anybody's toes or say anything that uh, would be offensive. But for the majority of my patients, it has to do with losing weight. And so it's, a, it's you know, looking at what's the cause of the sleep apnea. And when it, like anything, you know, what's the cause of pain? What's the cause of, of uh, anxiety? What's the cause of high blood pressure? Finding that and start to address that. If I can, I want to mention this real quick because I, I, I'm going to, we're going to, I'm going to forget to, to give it. And I want to give this out as my gift to this community um, because I think this is so important and it may be the audience that's here right now. Maybe they don't need to hear this, but I wanted to share my sleep protocols real quick. Um, it, it's super important that, again, I really believe that's where you put, you know, people are talking about vitamin C and elderberry and zinc and all those things are wonderful. I mean, I, I recommend those. I have them on my website for my protocols. But making time to allow your body to repair itself is the key. Because, you know, we're, we're self-healing dynamos. You know, we've got this innate healing ability that God gave us that if we just take care of it, we're going to be fine. You know, we have a new stomach lining every three days. We have, an, you know, we don't have to think about taking... Uh, 12 breaths per minute. We don't have to think about pumping blood through 60 miles of arteries and veins. We have this self-healing mechanisms in our body that are there. We just have to take care of it. So for sleep, real quick, Ann, um, I recommend, especially if you have any kind of low moods or mood disorders, that you use 5-hydroxytryptophan. You can buy that over the counter, 5-HTP. My patients start with 100 milligrams, and they, they take that 30 minutes before bed with a little bit of grape juice to help the 5-HTP get plastic past the blood brain barrier. Um, if they don't fall asleep that night, then the next night they go to 200, milli 200 milligrams and then they don't fall asleep the next night they go to 300 milligrams. If they're still not sleeping on 300 milligrams of 5-HTP, that's when I would recommend melatonin. 5-HTP uh, increases your melatonin level by 200%. But it also is the happy hormone. It also reduces anxiety, helps with mental clarity, helps reduce IBS, helps to raise your pain threshold helps to, you know, to reduce stress overall. So I like 5-HTP to start with, and then only then, if it's not working, then you would add melatonin anywhere from three to 10 milligrams. Um, and then in the middle of the night, you know, if that's allowing you to fall asleep, but you're still having issues waking up in the middle of the night and you can't go back to sleep, then I like things like Pharmagaba or gamma immunobutric acid or L-theanine or some things that you can take in the middle of the night to help you go back to sleep, um, you know, my patients take a formula that allows them to, a combination of these things, 
and they're and they're able to fall back asleep within 15 minutes or so without feeling hungover or dopey the next day. But that's the real basic sleep protocol. So for those of you that were uh, waiting to get that, hopefully, you know, that's going to be helpful for you. Yeah, those are really, really good. And, um, and you know, you guys can reach out uh, to, you know, feel free to reach out to Dr. Murphy. Um, you can Google him. He's easy to find. Um, and, uh, or you can reach out to us, you know, uh, we can help get you your supplements that you need um, if you're looking for something. Again, remember, this is really going to be mainly for short-term stuff. This is not; These are not like long-term fixes for stuff. This is for because, you know, you might feel stressed out right now. You've got like all the kids running around the house. You can't get away from your spouse, whatever it is, right? Like it's, you know, it's, it, this is for short-term stuff, right? If it's been a long-term chronic issue that you've had for many, many years, you really need to go a little bit deeper with it. Um, someone is asking about how many hours that they should sleep. That was a part of, of a couple of questions in there. But how long everyone should sleep? Genetically, you can look at that and you can really understand what you need for you. But in general, people need around eight hours. Some people genetically do better with eight and a half hours. Some people do really well with, you know, seven hours of sleep, but on average do eight. And right now, this is a great time for you to get to check it out. If you are, you know, not having to get up and go work at, you know, get up at six o'clock to go work or whatever, um, you know, practice some sleep hygiene, try getting to bed, you know, by 9 30, 10 o'clock or, you know, 10, 10 30, right. And then just let your body sleep and let's see, you know, where, where you feel good. Um, if you really pay attention to your body as you're working on your own self healing and you're working on your self care, your body will tell you what it needs. Absolutely. You know, we've got a couple people asking about anxiety and we know anxiety and quality of sleep are so closely related, but Couple people are asking as far as supplements, is there anything you recommend, you know, during the day to help with levels of anxiety? So I really, I really like L-theanine. L-theanine raises the alpha brain waves, so it's very calming, very relaxing. It's the same brain waves when you meditate. It won't make you feel dopey or tired or sleepy. In fact, it actually increases your mental clarity, even though it's very calming. So I like L-theanine. Some people will find that. Um, 100 to 200 milligrams two or three times a day on an empty stomach is all they need. Some people will find that L-theanine may not be strong enough for them and they could try, excuse me, they could try gamma amino butric acid or GABA, G-A-B-A, -A, 500 milligrams to 1,000 milligrams two or three times a day on an empty stomach. Those two things I use uh, routinely in my practice and get really good results. There's, you know, there's all kinds of things out there that are adaptogens like ashwagandha and rhodiola, uh, uh, rolloa, rolloa. I can't say that's a mouth. That's, uh, but it's a form of rhodiola. So there's some some other things out there. But for my patients who have anxiety, for, you know, the first thing I want to do with them, along with deep restorative sleep, um, is to calm everything down because that nervous energy is exhausting, and that nervous energy will deplete there's stress coping chemicals and hormones that you need to really feel good. Um, so, and I like, again, L-theanine, I think it's great. You can buy that, find that anywhere. And uh, if you don't find that that's strong enough, then gamma, amino, butric acid or GABA, one of those two. 
Okay. And to kind of add on to that, and maybe both of you want to chime in on this. Someone runs out and buys a bunch of these supplements and starts taking these and they've never had any kind of testing done. They don't know anything about what their underlying conditions may be. Is there any harm to taking any of these or taking too many of certain supplements? What should people kind of watch out for? Um, I, you know, those two supplements mix well with just about anything. Now, the only uh, thing that I would caution, if you have bipolar disorder, I would definitely work with your practitioner. Otherwise, I find that my patients on antidepressants or benzodiazepines, they can take those medicate those supplements and not have any problem whatsoever. And Dr. V might want to chime in there, certainly. Uh, but I don't see any issues, even with 5-HTP, taking it with sleep medications or taking it with antidepressants. I've been using those for 20 years. And, and, and most of my patients, at least initially when they start working with me, are on half a dozen to a dozen drugs. Now, as I start working with them, with them they're able to get off you know, 95% of them are able to get off everything. Um, and they're taking these amino acids, they're taking these natural supplements with no problems whatsoever. Yeah. <clears throat> these supplements, you know, it's really about just, you know, trying them. If you're going to try them, you try them at different doses. You know, for some people, um, uh, you know, 100 milligrams of, you know, whatever, um, may put you to sleep till noon the next day. And then for others, it's going to help you get just the right amount of sleep. So it's kind of really just trying it out to see how your own body responds to it. Um, uh, I typically will use, and I was looking over here at this, I don't know if you guys saw me, but I was looking at our uh, neuroscience um, uh, product guide. Neuroscience is a really great company that will um, combine a lot of these different things that Dr. Roger is talking about. It'll actually combine them into one you know, pill, so to speak. And plus it'll have cofactors in there. In other words, like it'll have things in there to help the botanical actually do its job. And so, um, and, and so, you know, I mean, like you can do it in different ways, you know, sometimes just taking one isolated thing like the, you know, L-theanine or 5-HTP can work really, really well. And then sometimes taking combinations of things uh, like stacking can actually work well. And you can either create your own stacks um, and that's what I call cocktails. You can either create your own stacks, you know, or you can buy stuff that's already stacked. Dr. Roger, do you ever use the uh, neuroscience stuff? I, I don't. I, I, uh, now, I used to really like one of their products, the Cavanase and the uh, Ultra PM. The Cavanase was the um, phenobut, which they took off the market. You know, my patients know, are really hard. Uh, you know, my patients are, are hardcore insomniacs, and that was one of the things that really worked very, very well. And so that was kind of a disappointment that they pulled that off the market when they still got, you know, Ambien and Lunesta and Trazodone and uh, Seroquel, which, you know, sleep, the sleeping drugs, we know, the studies show that they increase your risk of death by fivefold, no matter what the cause is, whether that's heart attack, stroke, or cancer, uh, worse, than, worse than smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. So they're they're not without risk, and a lot of people don't don't know that. Once they do know that, you know, once they they hear that information, they obviously want to try to look for something natural. I think neuroscience is a great company. I prefer to do monoamine therapy, um, but having said that, you know, just single aminos. But you're so right. You do need the synergistic vitamins to make all this happen. So with five hydroxytryptophan you need the B vitamins in particular, B6, B2, B3, vitamin C and magnesium 
So I, I recommend everybody take a really good optimal daily allowance multivitamin. I think, I think, you know, 29 years of doing this, it, it never fails to amaze me. Just if someone takes a really good multivitamin sometimes that a lot of symptoms that they've had that you can't even explain, even on a good multivitamin that they can see an improvement. Now, you know, what's an optimal daily allowance? Well, an optimal daily allowance can be 500 to a thousand times stronger than the RDA, you know, the recommended disease allowance, <laughs> which is what I call it. It's just, you know, the RDA, the recommended dietary allowance is just enough to keep you from getting uh, berry berry or scurvy, but it's really not going to, to optimize your health. So I, I recommend, that's one thing I'd recommend here to this group, uh, if you're in agreement, but you know, I recommend anybody that's out there take a good multivitamin. Yeah, that's such a good idea. And uh, I love how you explained to everyone the difference between, you know, really what an optimal dose is going to be versus RDA. The RDAs, guys, is just enough to keep you from dying. It is mm -hmm. not enough to keep you healthy, right? And this is one of the reasons so many people fall into ill health. Uh, I mean, there's a multitude of different factors, but malnutrition is one of them. Um, and, and, you know, we're not going to go down that road today talking about nutrition, um, but you know, we can certainly have another, have another talk where, where we do that. Taking a good multi is, that's a really great place to start kind of a, a more blanket approach. And of course you still want to eat clean. You still want to eat healthy, right? So, um, a question here from Lauren, she's asking, she has terrible restless legs. She takes iron, magnesium, and melatonin. Any other suggestions? Uh, so, yeah, it's really uh, smart of you, very astute if you're taking the iron, because what we see if your ferritin level is below 50 now, they'll tell you that if your ferritin level is above seven or eight, that you're normal. But one thing, if you do have restless leg syndrome or you have a lot of fatigue, I would make sure you see what your ferritin level is, a simple little blood test. Sometimes they'll add it on when they do a CBC and they're checking your hemoglobin, hematocrit, and looking to see if you have anemia. But oftentimes they don't. And that ferritin level, if it's below 50, then I'd recommend you take, you take iron. If you, now if you're not anemic, you shouldn't be, especially as a female, um, then I wouldn't recommend you taking, you know, I wouldn't recommend taking additional iron if you're postmenopausal in particular. Uh, what else could you do? It sounds like you're doing some really smart things. If you're still struggling with the restless leg syndrome and you're taking magnesium, which you know, you might want to bump that up to bowel tolerance. Magnesium is a natural muscle relaxer. It relaxes tight, achy muscles, but it also relaxes your colon. Uh, so if you take too much, you can get a, you can get a loose bowel. But I would bump that up to bowel tolerance. And then I would maybe try the 5-HTP. Um, start off with 100 milligrams, increase it each night to see if you get into a deeper sleep. What I find, Anne, is with my patients, and probably the majority of them have restless leg syndrome, once I get them to going into really good deep sleep, restless leg syndrome is is, is gone, and they can get off their, uh, uh, you know, they can get off their dopamine agonist, uh, Mirapex, and these other medications that they're on. They they can they can get off those prescription medications pretty quickly. Wonderful. Another question here from Linda, Dr. Murphy. Do you like L-tryptophan, and if so, what dosage? So L-tryptophan is the, it's the precursor to 5-HTP. So L-tryptophan 
is an amino acid. It's one of the essential amino acids. You get it anytime you eat protein, hamburger patty or a piece of Swiss cheese or turkey. People associate tryptophan with turkey. But anytime you eat protein, it's going to have amino acids in there. L-tryptophan, though, has to turn into uh, 5-hydroxytryptophan. And for some individuals, just the way God made you, you have a genetic glitch in your kyanurin uh, pathway, and you can't make that conversion. So we see that in some chronically depressed individuals, see that in some of the population with fibromyalgia. L-tryptophan is fine, um, but 5-HTP reduces that risk that it's not going to be converted. Now, having said that, some individuals will take 5-HTP, and because it is from an herb, and it's not an amino acid, it is an herb that produces this, they may get headaches or, some, or sometimes an upset stomach from, and, and a lot of times it's an allergic reaction to the herb. And if that's the case, then I'll get them to use the L-tryptophan instead. And people do well on L-tryptophan. And we were talking about magnesium. Linda chimed back in and said, whenever she takes magnesium, she gets really wired. Is there a reason why that would be happening? Uh, you're weird. <laughs> and you're like a lot of my patients. Yeah. I mean, you know what? It's it, not to, not to be so facetious, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's a very odd reaction. And I guess the question is that all types of magnesium, because there's different types of magnesium, but uh, you know, I, from doing this, working with the population I work with for so many years, I hear it all. And you know, what I've come to realize is we're as different on the inside is we are on the outside. So you can look at a textbook and it tells you this is what it's supposed to be like and you're supposed to, you know, but that's not really the real world. I mean, so, you know, one person can take Benadryl and it zonks them out. Another person can take Benadryl and it wires them. Um, it is, Linda, unusual that if you're taking a, a mineral that you're getting in your diet anyway, that it's giving you that reaction. I don't know if it's some type of additive in it or if it's something, maybe you could take uh, citrate or chelate, but you can't take three and eight. I, you know, I don't know. You'd have to invest. You know, you just have to do trial and error. But um, I wish I could tell you something smarter. But uh, I, I totally, totally understand where you're coming from. You know, sometimes for these, um, whenever we see people who are not responding the way that they very well should to a particular like supplement, like for example, magnesium or some, or some other type of mineral or vitamin that the body clearly needs for survival, right? Because the body's using it in many different chemical reactions and stuff. Whenever we see people that are, you know, swearing, like I can't take it. I've tried it in, you know, I've tried several different brands. I've made sure it's really clean and all of that. Those are cases, and there have been many doctors, I think Dr. Murphy and I have even had this discussion in the past too. Those are cases where we really need to sit down uh, with that individual and have a talk with them about any heightened emotional experiences, i.e. traumas that they've had in their past. Because things like that, that get suppressed, and most of these things do get suppressed, it can completely change how your body chemistry is supposed to work. And so, you know, if your body isn't responding to life, 
the way that it should. And when I say life, like these are life-giving substances. These are things that your body needs and it craves and it wants. If your body isn't responding, you're either an alien, <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, or you, you, know, you might want to go in and consider that there are some uh, subconscious um, energy changing or energy blocking issues going on. And this used to sound so like woo woo back in the day, but now we know scientifically that these issues, I mean, they, they literally change your biochemistry, they change your neurochemistry, they change your genetic expression. And so really, really important to think about that as well. Absolutely. We've got one more question coming in from Angelica. She's asking about chlorella supplements. There are some studies that show it improves brain function and combats oxidative stress in the body. What do you think about chlorella? Um, might let Dr. V answer that. I don't use a lot of chlorella these days, but years ago when I had an integrative medical practice and we did a lot of heavy metal toxicity, um, chelation and uh, ozone and all the great, great hydrogen peroxide IVs, all the stuff we used to do. You know, we used a lot of chlorella for uh, heavy metal toxicity, iron in particular. I think it can be, a, you know, it's a super health product for sure, but I don't use it. I don't, I don't, I can't remember the last time I recommended it in my practice. Yeah. You know, you just want to be careful with chlorella because chlorella is very, very powerful. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you may say, well, I want to take it for more energy and to make more red blood cells and it's, you know, help with my brain function, right? But do you know what else it's going to do? It's going to start pulling heavy metals out of your body. It's going to start detoxing your body. And if you've got toxins in your body, which most people do, uh, you know, and especially if you've had any kind of chronic illness, I would say, beware before you just start jumping on chlorella. You could make yourself really, really sick because the chlorella could start getting your getting your, your cells and your different organ tissues to start dumping toxins. But if you have not done the pre-work to open up your detox pathways, you're going to be in a world of trouble. So I, I, you know, I would say like, let's focus on some other things, um, maybe aside from the chlorella, if you want to work on your brain function. Wonderful. So another question coming in about sleep. And this one is from Sherry. She says, if you're working an evening shift, is it best to try to sleep right after work or wait until later in the day? So you wake up right before work time. And a lot of people who do shift work deal with trying to figure out when they should sleep. What's some good advice for that? That's a tough question. Uh, really is because I think, you know, what I see in my patients is some of the most difficult patients to work with are people who do shift work. I would take care of a lot of nurses, a lot of health professionals, even doctors that are on night shifts. And it really just messes up your circadian rhythm and makes it difficult. I think it's best if you try to keep, number one, if you can, which oftentimes is hard to do, you stay on the same schedule. And whatever that schedule is, you don't, you know, your sleep schedule, you don't deviate from it. I find that most people on that night shift or third shift, whatever it is, uh, swing shift, they need some time to wind down, you know, just like you would if you came home from work and, and then, um, and then go to sleep. And then you have a little bit of time before you get up and go back to work. So I, I think you want to try to structure it like you, you know, like a normal person would, even though you're not, you know, it's not normal. I mean that, you know, uh, 
working all night and sleeping all day is not normal. Yeah. And, you know, if you find that you can make some adjustments to your lifestyle um, and your sleep patterns and stuff with the shift work that allows you to still feel good and function, then that is, that's really good news. But if you're finding that you're doing everything that you can and you're slowly going downhill, that's a huge warning sign because, you know, that's not, that's not what the human body is designed to do. It's not designed to be up all night and sleep during the day. And it's been shown to really, you know, dramatic, you know, scientifically, and I'm not saying this to scare you, you probably already know this, but, you know, it's been shown scientifically to really shorten a person's lifespan. And so, but there are some people who can handle that better, just genetically, right? It's all in your genes. And so pay attention to how you feel, you know, as you're doing the best that you can to practice sleep hygiene and making healthy lifestyle choices all around that schedule and see how you do. And if you're not doing well, you know, let's make a plan B something. What else can you do? Because, you know, your life is more important than that shift work, right? I mean, I know you know, we all have been there, like we have to work so that we can, you know, pay for a roof over our heads and all of that other stuff. But there's always another, there's always another option. There always is, right? And so, um, yeah, just maybe think about that. I think that uh, we've gotten to all the questions. So thank you everybody for chiming in and, and giving us some great questions to talk about today. Um, and I know we've given some really good tips for everyone to kind of take and start instituting into your everyday practices, you know, really working on your sleep, developing that nighttime routine for sleep hygiene, um, taking a lot of the stress and the worry and learning how to manage that is definitely going to help uh, if you're dealing with any of these sleep issues that we've talked about today. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Murphy. We would love to have you back on again soon. And, you know, we can talk about some different topics um, because it's always just so much fun to talk to you. You're a wealth of knowledge. Well, thanks for having me. I hope that I was uh, able to assist some, you know, some with uh, some good clinical pearls. And this is such a uh, uh, um, special resource. So I'm glad to see people are being proactive and jumping on here and getting the the wealth of information that's being shared on here. I mean, this is you know, this is stuff you're not going to hear anywhere else. What you're hearing is doom and gloom and you got to get away from the doom and gloom. You need to be tuning in to people that can help you if you really want to be proactive in getting healthier and living a, you know, a life of, uh, of, uh, of, of health and vitality. Before we close out for today um, with our talk, for any of our listeners who are struggling with fibromyalgia because you're just so good with that. You're just such a master at working with people with that. How can they reach you? So uh, the best way is just go to the website, yourfibrodoctor.com, spelled out, yourfibrodoctor.com. And on the website, you'll see all sorts of free resources, free videos, blogs, protocols, all sorts of things. And that's really the place to start to see if, if you do have fibromyalgia if that approach, my approach, the Murphy method resonates with you and it doesn't with everybody. Uh, it's about finding and fixing the underlying causes. Uh, but if that resonates with you, then that's, you know, that's where you need to start. Excellent. Thank you so much. 
And thank you everyone for watching. Be sure to get outside today and every day and especially this weekend and uh, get some vitamin D, enjoy the outdoors. Um, be sure to be on the lookout for our newsletter. I believe it just went out yesterday or maybe this morning. Um, we actually have a four question survey in there, um, which is to us is very important because we want to know what it is that you want to know about. Um, and we've got some really great summits and masterclasses that we've included um, at the bottom of that newsletter so that you can fill your time watching things that are going to teach you about how to take care of you. Stay tuned for next Tuesday. We love you guys and we'll see you soon.